you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis 21, this is God's Word. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him, and when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned, and on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son. For that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to what Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes and she went off and sat down nearby, about a bowshot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there nearby, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then... God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. 
At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Show to me and the country where you are living as an alien the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I heard about it only today. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock, and Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs you have set apart by themselves? He replied, Accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So that place was called Beersheba, because the two men swore an oath there. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called upon the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's Word on these stations, and I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be a part of the miracle. That's wvr.org. Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand Several stories in this one chapter. We'll take them one at a time. The first is the birth of Isaac. Now this is something that we were expecting because God had said it was going to happen. And when God says something's going to happen you can count on the fact that it's going to happen. Not only did it happen, but you will notice it happened because God was gracious. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. We could just stay there. The birth of this child was gracious to Sarah. It was also gracious to Abraham. It was also gracious to the whole earth. Because it is through this child that God is going to one day provide an even more miraculous birth. God is going to send his son, born of a virgin, who will take the punishment that we deserve and conquer death for us. The Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. 
two of the things that you will see as we carry on through Genesis and other scriptures is the fact that God not only does what he promised, but he does it as he promised. So, Abraham, in his old age, at the very time God had promised him, has this new son born to Sarah. And Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. What, was, what, is, what does Isaac mean? Does that have special meaning? Yes. It means laughter. This kid grows up with the name laughter. Why? Because his dad's 100 and his mom is 90. Okay? And I can picture Isaac saying, I don't think that's funny. <laughs> but everybody else laughed. When Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him. Why? As God commanded him. We already looked at this when the covenant of circumcision was ordained back at the time that Ishmael needed to be circumcised along with Abraham and everybody, all the other males in the house. So God did tell Abraham what to do. Abraham obeyed, and Abraham was 100 years old. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. What she said literally is, God has brought me Isaac. But what that means is, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Who would have thought this possible? Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I've borne a son to him in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And so they threw a party. On the day the child was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking and said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. For that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. You remember that previously, Sarah had been very upset because as soon as Hagar found out that she was pregnant, she began to be obnoxious toward Sarah. And Sarah had sent her away at that time. And God had sent her back. But now that her son is older and there is a rival because the first wife finally has a child, and so now the second wife's child is not as important, shall we say. That child now becomes the offender. He's mocking. What was he mocking? I don't know. Mocking his little brother. How old was Isaac at this point? Probably two or three. That would be typical of the weaning of a child in that culture and at that time and many people today. So he's making fun of his little brother, but it really ticks off Isaac's mom. She is angry, and she says, send them away. That woman, now don't forget the reason that woman had a child with Abraham is because it was Sarah's idea. Sarah thought she could use her slave girl as a way of getting a child for herself. 
Okay? We're just going to borrow your womb. Okay? But life's a lot more complicated than that. And the relationship between parent and child is a lot more complicated than that. And so what happens here is that after years of tension, years of rivalry, now Sarah's had enough. She's got her child, and she wants that other woman and her child banished. And when she tells her husband this, Abraham is distressed. He is not happy to hear this. Why? Because he loves Ishmael too. He loves Ishmael. There were legal questions under the customs of that day, but there was also clear affection, and you see that when God had said previously that he was going to give him another child who would be his heir. And Abraham says, what about Ishmael? Can't he be the heir? God had said, I'm going to bless him, but your heir is going to be through Sarah, which just seemed impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. He will do everything he has promised. And so he's distressed, but God said to him, verse 12, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Because he's yours, Abraham, I will take care of him. I will make him into a nation. Abraham feels like he's got to do it, and God says, no. Listen to what your wife says. Do what she says. God doesn't say you have to do what your wife says all the time. But in this situation, he says, do what your wife says. And I'll take care of that boy. Abraham, early the next morning, took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, and he sent them, set them on her shoulders and sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. Now, Beersheba hadn't been named yet, but people later on who are getting this message through Moses are going to know where that is. And that's the area where they were. She's wandering. She doesn't have a place to go. She doesn't know what to do. She's been living on Abraham's estate, if you will. She was part of that clan. She had protection. There was, Abraham had his own militia, you'll recall. I mean, she had a secure life, and now that's stripped away from her. And she is wandering around. And it's interesting that in that difficult situation, when the water runs out, it's the boy who becomes dehydrated and weak to the point that he's dying. This boy was dying. And his mother was crying. And so was the boy. And God said to the mom, I've heard your son. I've heard his cry. 
It's not just adults that God listens to. God listens to children. And as we've grown this ministry over the years, one of the things I've been very deliberate about doing is asking kids to pray for us. And the reason for that, one of the reasons for that, is that Jesus makes it clear that God pays special attention to children. If you think, well, God doesn't, God doesn't even see what's going on in my life. God sees exactly what's going on in your life, and he cares. He cares about you. God heard, and he told the mom, I've heard your son's cry. Lift him up. Take him by the hand. For I'm going to make him into a great nation. God says, I will make him into a great nation. This is God's plan, God's provision. And then, verse 19, God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up. And he lived in the desert and became an archer. And while he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. So the mom and the son actually live a life under the provision of God. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. They could just see that God was prospering him. Undoubtedly, they knew about this miracle baby he's had, named Laughter. They see the supernatural hand of God on Abraham's life. And so they begin to fear him. Now this in one sense, is a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in Egypt when God is blessing the Jewish people in such an extraordinary way that it makes the Egyptians nervous. Just so you know, it not only happens in Scripture, it happens in current events. When God's blessing is on people, those who are not walking with God do not tend to respond by saying, wow, that's really cool, I'm really happy for you. They begin to feel threatened. If you look in the New Testament at what happened with Jesus, the religious establishment did not welcome his miracles. They said, the whole world's going after him. So, Abimelech and his military commander came to Abraham and said, we can see that God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God, that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Why would he suspect that Abraham might deal falsely with him? Maybe because Abraham had lied to him about his wife? You remember that story? This is the last time? And so it's like, you know, I don't know that I can really count on this guy to tell me the truth all the time. He says, now, I want you to swear before God that you're not going to deal falsely with me, that you're not going to double-cross me somehow, because I can see that God's blessing you, and I'm feeling a little threatened here. I've got a military commander, I've, I mean, but you're, you're in my land because I said, okay, make yourself at home. I see you are making yourself at home, and I'm starting to get nervous. So I want you to swear that you will not deal falsely with me. 
show to me and the country where you are living as an alien the same kindness I've shown to you. And so Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham said, now, while we're talking, some of your people have taken over a well that my people dug. Let me tell you, if you've got a whole bunch of money and you don't have water, you are in trouble. You, you can live without water longer than you can live without air, but that's about the only thing that you need more acutely. Water is absolutely essential. The verses right before it, that was the issue with Hagar and her son Ishmael. They needed water. They're out there in this region, in the area of Beersheba, and water was hard to come by. And it wasn't just around in pools. You had to get it from a well. When the Lord opened her eyes, he showed her a well where she was able to get water for herself and her son. So Abraham says, excuse me, while we're on the subject, I, I have a legitimate claim on that well. And Abimelech said, well, this is the first I've heard of it. I don't know who's done this. You didn't tell me. I heard about it only today. So Abraham said, it's mine. I dug it. I want it back. That's not what he said. He said, here, let me give you payment. And I want you to believe what I said and let that be mine. And so it was done. He replied, accept these seven ewe lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. Let's clarify, let's codify what has happened. So that place was called Beersheba because the two men swore an oath there. Beersheba can mean the well of seven or well of the oath. In other words, they memorialized what they're doing. They named this well a name that would remind everybody on both teams what the agreement was. This is the well of the oath. This is the well of the seven. Seven what? Seven ewes that Abraham gave in payment to commemorate this. And an oath was given. This is Abraham's well. Now, After that was done, after the treaty had been made, Abimelech and Phicol returned to their land, and Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the eternal God, and he stayed in that area a long time. Abraham didn't just fix things legally. Abraham worshipped the Lord. That is the most important thing that you and I do. There's nothing else in our life that is as vital to who we are and what our future holds as our worship of God. say, well, I, I, I honestly would have to say I don't do a lot of worship. Yes, you do. 
You worship that which is your God. For some people, it's in a sports arena. For some people, it's in a concert hall. For some people, it's at a bar. And for some people, it's online. For some people, it's in a bank. All of us are worshipers. Let's worship the Lord. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.